Thank you for joining us for the True Life Fellowship Church podcast. Here is today's message from Pastor Devon Alexander. Open your Bibles to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and meet me at verse 16. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and meet me at verse 16. And we're going to read through to verse 18. I have something on my heart for you today that I believe will make a mark on your life that will never be erased. And the Apostle Paul tells us here, he says, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. And so we see here from this passage of Scripture, the Apostle Paul tells us, number one, to rejoice always. That means we are to find reasons to celebrate. We are the fine reasons to rejoice. And then he says to pray without ceasing. That means that we are always to talk to God. We always should be talking to him and we always should be listening to him. Understand prayer is not just talking to God. Prayer includes listening to God as well. And God knows more than you, so we should be in a posture of listening more than we are in a posture of communicating and talking. And so prayer should be a form of listening and speaking to God. And then this last part he says here is in everything give thanks. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God for you. Now notice Paul didn't say for everything give thanks. We are not to give thanks for everything. There are some things that are going to happen in this life that is not from God. There are going to be some things that happen in your life that God didn't orchestrate. There are going to be some things that happen in your life that is not the will of God or the plan of God. We are not to give thanks for everything. We're to give thanks in everything. In any situation that arises, you can find an opportunity to give thanks. I was talking to a lady, this was several years ago, and she actually got robbed. Someone tried to snatch her purse from her. I mean, what a traumatic event, and tried to run off with her purse, and and she yelled out, Jesus, and the robber ran away. And when she was telling me the story, she was beginning to give thanks to God because it could have been worse. It could have turned out completely worse than what uh, God's plan was for her life. But she began to give thanks to God, even though the robber tried to take from her, she thanked God that he was unable to take her life. And so in any and every situation, we can give thanks for something. We can find a reason to give thanks. And I like what he says Paul tells us, for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. And so in everything, give thanks is the will of God for you. God's will for you is to give thanks in everything, in everything we go through, in everything that we encounter, in every situation and circumstance that we find ourselves in. The will of God is for us to give thanks in that situation, to find an opportunity and a reason to rejoice and celebrate, to pray and talk to God, and to give thanks in everything that is the will of God. And for a moment, I want to talk about the will of God, because if you look at the word will, the word will simply means to decree, 
or it is a testament or instructions, right? If you have a will, you are giving instructions for when you depart the earth, you are leaving instructions behind as to what you want accomplished. Uh, another definition of the word will is a man's last wishes. His last wishes would be a will. And so the will of God is God's instructions, his decrees, his commands, his instructions, his wishes for us to accomplish on the earth. But I have something to tell you that may shock you. God's will does not always occur on the earth. Let me say it again. God's will does not always occur on the earth. There are people that simply believe that everything that happens is the will of God. Or they'll say it this way, God is controlling that. And I'll submit to you that everything that happens on the earth is not under the control of God. Everything that happens on the earth is not in the will of God. And I'll talk to you a little bit more about that. But things can happen in the earth that is not the will of God. And it's not the control of God. But when you look at the will of God, I've done some minor study of the will of God, and I found that there are at least three types of will of God, okay? I don't believe that there are three wills, but there are three types of will of God. I hope I know grammatically that doesn't make sense, but just follow me. Uh, when you look at the will of God, you have to ask yourself, which type of will of God are we referring to? So, for example, the first one I want to talk to you about is the sovereign will of God. How many of you have heard this word sovereign will? Okay, the sovereign will and what's communicated to us through religion is that God is controlling everything. So when someone says the sovereign will of God, we interpret that to mean God is in control. And we say, well, God's in control and that dog got ran over by the UPS truck and that was my precious puppy, my dog. He got ran. God controlled that. No, no, that, that, that may not have been a part of the sovereign will of God. And that word sovereign means supreme. The word sovereign means uh, strong. And so God is sovereign, but it doesn't mean that God is controlling everything. Let me give you an example. Everything you ate yesterday, did God control that? Those donuts that you ate, that pint of ice cream that you ate, did God control that? Uh, everything you said, did God control everything you said, just even this morning? Did he control everything you said? No, no. God is not controlling everything, but the sovereign will of God simply states, this is the divine definition of the sovereign will of God, that God is controlling the things that are out of my control. And so God is going to control what's out of my control. And I have to trust God to control what's completely out of my control, and that would be the sovereign will of God. There are things that are in your life that you need to recognize is completely out of your control. You cannot make it happen. You can't do anything about it. You just simply trust God that he is controlling 
things are out of my control. So when people say, well, God's in control, I usually ask them, uh, well, in control of what? Because we have to put him in control if he's actually going to be in control. And so we have, that's what prayer is all about, right? If God was controlling everything, God would never have told Jesus to pray, right? Uh, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He would have never said that because the will would have already been done because God would have already been accomplished in the will. But that's not true. Jesus had to pray, God, let your will be done on this earth as it is in heaven. And that should tell us that God's will is not always happening on the earth. But when we put him in control and we trust his leadership, then everything that is out of our control is in his control. And I would say that is the sovereign will of God. Now, another type of will of God is what I would call the perfect will of God. Now, in the perfect will of God, we can find the perfect will of God in the Bible. The scriptures state God's perfect will. God's perfect will is found in his word. So if you want to know what God's perfect will is, you can look at this word and this word, which is his will, which is his commands, desires, decrees and wishes are found in this word. And if we find it in the word, we can access his perfect will in our life. God's perfect will is found in his word. But God's perfect will, listen to me now, I want to go deeper here. God's perfect will doesn't always happen in the earth. It doesn't always happen. Matter of fact, he says, this is my perfect will, that in everything you give thanks. Is everybody giving thanks for everything or in everything? No, his perfect will is not. In one translation, it says, my perfect will is you abstain from sexual immorality. Is everybody abstaining from sexual immorality? No, no. But his perfect will is for us to abstain from it. He, he also says that my perfect will is that all would come to the knowledge of me and that all would, would accept me. He's found in 1 Peter and 2 Peter. That's my perfect will. But does everybody accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior? No. So his perfect will doesn't always occur. And if I can go deeper, when I believe God's perfect will is healing, that God's perfect will is for us to walk in divine health. I believe it's God's perfect will to be healed of every ailment that can, we can ever encounter. Matter of fact, in the scriptures, we see Jesus healing everybody. But do you know that God's perfect will doesn't always happen on the earth? You Listen, some people, I can't believe they died and they believed God. We don't know everybody's situation. We don't know the ins and outs of everyone's situation. We don't know what conversation they had with God when you weren't around. We don't know what they want to do. And we say, well, I prayed and they died. Well, they could have wanted to transition to heaven. They could have wanted to stop fighting this pain in their body. And listen, how many of you have ever felt pain in your body? You want the pain to go away now. And they could have said, you know what? I don't want to fight this pain. 
I don't want to go through this anymore. I just want to depart from my body. And we say, but I prayed and God's perfect will didn't happen because they also have a will. And their will is found in what I would call the third type of will of God. And that is the permissive will of God. And the permissive will of God is your own free will. God gives you the ability to do what you want to do. God gives you the power and ability to choose what you want to choose. God gives you the power and ability to make whatever decision you want to make. And this is how powerful this permissive will is, is that my decisions can affect you. That's how powerful permissive will is. A drunk driver driving around intoxicated is affecting other people, not just himself. This is why we pray that we're always in the right place, at the right time, doing the right thing, with the right people. Somebody say amen to that. Because then we can fall up under God's sovereign will and his perfect will, and whether someone's permissive will doesn't have to affect us because we are declaring his perfect will to be done in our life. Come on, somebody shout amen. And so someone's permissive will is so powerful that they can do what they want to do with their will of God. And God says, I'm going to allow that. I'm going to allow you to do what you want to do. But thank God for the power of prayer. As, I'm, as I've been praying for people that, that, you know, would turn their hearts to God or would make wise decisions. And sometimes I'll hear testimonies like, I really wanted to do this, but I just couldn't do it because God's sovereign will got involved in this. God was able to control what I couldn't. And it turned out for the greater good. And so prayer is so very vital and so very effective. And part of prayer is what Paul tells us here in 1 Thessalonians. He says, in everything, give thanks. So we're to give thanks to everything. And there is something called the prayer of thanksgiving. We are to give thanks in everything. Now, if we don't appropriate this perfect will of God, then we are susceptible to having disorders in our life. If you are not going to apply this perfect will of in everything give thanks, then you can be a candidate to have depression, anxiety, fear, worry, concern. You will be a candidate to have things break down in your body. And God's perfect will is saying, in everything, give thanks. This is my will. But when you don't and you start complaining and grumbling and begin to turn into a victim and woe is me and look at me, then you'll start breaking down and you'll be diagnosed with ailments. But if we were to apply his perfect will... We can put a defense against all of those satanic and demonic oppressions that try to jump on us. I mean, simultaneously, listen to me, I might get, I might, I'm, people might argue with me on this, I don't care, but simultaneously, you cannot be thankful and depressed at the exact same time. 
I cannot begin to thank God and be depressed about what's going on at that exact same time. I can't do it. I'm either thanking God or I'm depressed. But I can't do both simultaneously. And so if we were to begin to express, give, demonstrate our appreciation to God in a way that is consistent with even as we breathe our next breath, we'll begin to purge ourselves from any of Satan's devices to come into our life to grab a hold of us and we'll become a person of thanksgiving, a person that is appreciative and a person that is full of gratitude if we begin to give thanks unto God. I thought I'd get a better amen than that. I thought I'd get a better amen than that. There we go. Praise God. And so when we are giving thanks, we are in the will of God. We're in his perfect will when we begin to express appreciation for what he's done. When we complain and grumble, we are speaking the language of the enemy. We are talking like the devil wants us to talk. We are really worshiping the enemy when we grumble and complain. And how many know it's so easy to grumble and complain? Oh my gosh, it is the easiest thing to do. I have about 100 things I can complain about. Literally right now, I can complain, I can grumble, I can get upset, I can, I can be sad about right now. But God says, if you apply my will and you give thanks in everything, you are going to benefit from being a thankful man or woman. And we, gotta, we have to cultivate thanksgiving. We have to practice thanksgiving. That means we have to say thank you all the time. We just have to begin to just say thank you. I walk around my house saying thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now I got my kids doing the same thing. They just walk around the house saying thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I, I, I walk in, the, I walk in the, let's say, uh, Walmart, and the, and the door, the automatic door is open, and I just say, thank you, Lord. Thank you that I didn't have to grab the door and open it myself. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. I walk in, and I find that eggnog that I like, and it's, it's on the shelf. And I say, oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for that, for the eggnog right there on that shelf. See, when you, when you cultivate an attitude of gratitude, you'll find thanks in everything. You'll get in your bed and say, thank you, Lord, this bed feels comfortable. And if you don't have a comfortable bed, go buy you a comfortable bed so you can thank God every time you get in it, praise God. When you put your head on the pillow, you should say, thank you, Lord, you took care of me today. When you turn on that water and it turns hot, you know most people don't have hot water? You should say, thank you, Lord, that my water's hot. Glory be to God. You should find ways to be thankful. You should look for opportunities to express appreciation and gratitude. Nothing is too small to say thank you for. And nothing's too big to say thank you for. You begin to express appreciation. Because I submit to you that there is no space between being thankful and being unthankful. There's no in-between. You are either thankful and expressing, demonstrating, or showing appreciation, 
or you are unthankful, which is you are not expressing, demonstrating, and showing appreciation. And when you are not thankful, then you are what they call unthankful. You are unthankful. But if you are expressing appreciation, if you, listen, I, I like to say it this way. If you expect nothing from other people, but appreciate everything, you're a thankful person. Some people feel like, with, especially with their spouses, well, they, that's their job. That's what they ought to do. Man, Stacy makes my plate every single night, and I say thank you every single night. I don't look at her and say, that's your job. That's what you're supposed to do. It'll never happen again. I tell her thank you every single time. Thank you for making my play because I'm grateful and I'm thankful and I want her to know that. See, the difference between thanksgiving and gratitude is gratitude is a feeling of appreciation. But thanksgiving is an expression of that appreciation. Do you get the difference? Gratitude is I feel like I appreciate you, but I don't demonstrate it. I don't show it. I don't express it, but I feel it. That's gratitude. But what we're going to do this Thanksgiving, amen, is we're going to express thanks, thankfulness. We're going to express appreciation, demonstrate, and show our gratitude because we have so much to be thankful for. And if you can't find anything to be thankful for, think about what Jesus has done for you. Think about what he's done for you on the cross. Think about how he has saved you and set you free and delivered you and redeemed you from the curse of the law and gave you the blessing and given you divine health and wholeness. Think about him taking all your sins away, past, present, and future. Think about him leading and guiding every step of the way. And when it's all said and done, you're going to heaven. Thank God for Jesus. If you can't find something to think about, thank God for Jesus and what he has done for you. Think about where you would be without Jesus. Right now, just take a moment and think about where you would be without Jesus. You would be somewhere despicable. <laughs> I could describe with adjectives where I would be without Jesus, and it's not where I am today. I thank God for Jesus because he saved me and he delivered me, and he took me off a road going straight to hell and sent me on a road going to heaven. I thank God for Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank God for Jesus. So you're going to have to express it. You can't just feel it. You're going to have to get out your comfort zone. Thanksgiving requires that you get out of your comfort zone. Thanksgiving requires that you do something that you don't normally do. Thanksgiving requires that you communicate to someone in a way that you don't normally. Well, I'm a, I'm a shy person, and so I don't have to say thank you. Uh, you are unthankful then, because shy people have to say thank you as well. Right. Well, you know, I, I don't have a lot but uh, but I want to say, uh, they, I, I don't have a lot, so I'm not going to do anything because I don't have a lot to do anything, so I'm not going to do anything. That's being unthankful. There was one particular time, if you've been with me long enough, you heard this story. Stacy and I had went to, we had, uh, we, had, we had gotten engaged, we had gotten married, and we were going on our honeymoon. And someone in the church we were attending said that they had a condo for us to stay in. And they said, you can stay in our condo. Well, 
I said, well, how much? He was like, no, no cost. I want you to stay in my condo. So um, I was, you know, I'm just getting married to Stacy, And she was like, this better be good because I really want to go to a nice place for the honeymoon. And, and I said, well, this guy in the church said he's got a condo down at the beach we could stay in. And, and uh, full disclosure, I was trying to save a little money. Don't tell her that, though. I was trying to save a little money. So when he said it was free, I was like, oh, glory to God, we can do that. <laughs> and so I'm uh, just being, just, hey, just being honest. So. She, he, he was like, you can stay at my condo, whatever. So we, we get married and we jump in the car and we drive to, to uh, South Carolina. And because she wanted to go out the country, I was like, South Carolina is great, you know, we go to the beach. And so we, we drive to South Carolina and we, we go and somehow this is, this is not part of the story, but somehow the GPS took us down this back road. We were running over snakes and all type of wildlife. I'm like, where are we going? But we're headed to South Carolina. We get down to this condo. And we, we walk in, we park, and we're like, oh my gosh, it, it, which one is it, River? We get in, and this was a 5,000 square foot condo. Huge condo. It had like six or seven bedrooms. It had a balcony that was like 30 yards on the balcony right off the ocean. And we, we just started running around the condo. We just, woo! We just running, running, running. We were so excited, like, my goodness. What a condo. We stayed there a full week and we just had an absolute blast at this condo. Well, when we get back, if it, I, I'm a big believer in saying thank you. You know, he didn't have to do that. He could have made thousands of dollars that week. He owned the condo. He could have made a lot of money, but he reserved it for us. I get back and I, I'm figuring out what can I give this man? Obviously, he has a lot of money, right? What can I give him? to say thank you. And the first tendency is, well, you know, just say, you know, just say thank you. And nothing wrong with just saying thank you sometimes. But the Lord was impressing me. You got to, you, I want you to do something for him to let him know you appreciate what he's done for you. And I heard through the grapevine that he liked McAllister's. So I went and bought a $20 McAllister's gift card. And I said, man, thank you so much for the condo. This $20 McAllister gift card, this man did jumping jacks. This man was thrilled about McAllister. As a matter of fact, he's mentioned to me 12 times at least how awesome it was that I bought him a McAllister's gift card. And he went for lunch and had a good time at McAllister's and got his favorite food. I'm talking about, this is a, probably a multimillionaire excited about a McAllister's gift card. See, see when he, and it, 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 listen, I think he was more excited about me expressing the appreciation for what he has done for us. You don't have to do anything big to express Thanksgiving. You could simply do something really small. You could even be like a child, like my kids, draw me pictures. And that touches my heart. Just a drawn picture saying thank you. One time, this guy really helped me with something, and I sent him some brownies. And man, that's all he talked about was these brownies. Oh, I love those brownies. They were so good. Them brownies were great. Just demonstrating something. And you don't have to have a lot of money to do this. You have to have a heart to express your appreciation for what God has done for you. It's simple. 
but it takes effort. And most of us feel like we deserve it. You may not admit it, but I deserve it. And so therefore, I'm not going to express appreciation because I deserve this. This is what we call pride. I'm a victim and you should have did that to me. Right. You should do that because do you know who I am? You should do that for me. And I don't have to express appreciation for it. And you say, well, I feel gratitude, but silent Thanksgiving is no Thanksgiving. Let me say it again. Silent Thanksgiving is no Thanksgiving. And so there's got to be a expressing and a a demonstrating a showing of appreciation for what God has done or for what others have done for you. And when you are thankful, you are smack dab in the will of God, finding reasons to be thankful, finding reasons to rejoice, finding reasons to celebrate, finding a reason to express appreciation for what the Lord's done for you. It's appropriate. We teach our children, right? When you give them something, we teach them to say thank you. Say thank you. And a lot of times they forget. And what do we do? Did you say thank you? Say thank you. And somehow we, we get past the age of 14 and we just don't, you know, I don't have to say thank you no more because that's what you ought to do. And that's, that's not the case. We ought to be expressing our appreciation for what people have done and most importantly, what God has done. And I want to show you that there is a connection between giving thanks and experiencing victory. There's a connection between giving thanks and experiencing victory in your life. That word victory means an accomplishment, a success, or a win. There's a connection. In 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14, 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14, watch this. It says, now thanks to God, who always leads us in triumph in Christ, and through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. Watch this. Thanks be to God. What does this thanks to God do? It leads us in triumph. This thanks to God will lead us into a situation where we can be victorious. This thanks being to God will lead us to a situation where we can win or that we will be able to fulfill an accomplishment. It's thanks unto God, which is what's going to lead us and guide us into victory. And how many of you need victory in your life? In every area of your life, we've got to have some victory, whether it's over uh, some bad habits, whether it's in some financial deals, whether it's with, uh, uh, you know, something at work. You've got to have some victory in your life. And 1 Corinthians 15, 57 says this, 1 Corinthians 15, 57 But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Watch this. I mean, it doesn't get any plainer than that. Thanks be to God gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And so there's a connection between thanks and experiencing the victory that we possess. It's quite possible that you are still in a battle. 
And this battle has been prolonged simply because you have quit giving thanks. And if you would start giving thanks again, you could receive victory sooner than you even anticipated. I mean, it is, it is quite possible that what you are missing in, in that debate that you're having with your boss, in that, in that debate you're having with your son-in-law or daughter-in-law, what you are missing is the opportunity to experience victory when you begin to give thanks for what you already have. There are people right now that wish they had your problems. There are people right now that wish they had your problems. What you're dealing with right now, they wish they had that. I wish I was struggling with uh, moving from an apartment to a house. I wish I was struggling that when, when you're homeless, you wish you had an apartment. People struggling. I think about that pretty often. Things that make me upset or, or the things that, that, that bring me down or things that I wish I was further along. And I think there are people that wish they were right where I am right now. They wish they were right here, right now. And I'm complaining about where I am right now. And they saying, I wish I was there right now. You have something to be thankful for. You've got something to be thankful for. You've got a lot to be thankful for because God has been good to you. And God has been amazing to you. And you may not be where you want to be, but you're right where you should be right now. And thank God you're right where you should be right now. Because if we trust God, then God is going to lead and guide and direct us. And all through the step of the way, all we have to do is just be thankful for where we are right now. Hallelujah. I used to, when I was working at a bakery, I moved to Charlotte. 27 years old. I didn't move here to work at a bakery. Okay. I'm, but I moved and I went to a bakery and I was making $8 an hour. And when I got here, I was complaining because I had never made that low amount of money since I was in my teens. Well, that's not true because in my teens, what was it? My minimum wage was $4.25. 425 was my minimum. So that's why I was making in my teens. But I was making less than I had made previously. And I was making $8 and I was complaining. I was grumbling. I was, I didn't come to Charlotte to make $8 an hour. And the Lord spoke to me in a time of prayer. He said, until you become thankful for this job, this is what I heard in my heart. You ain't going no further than this. And so I had to become overwhelmingly thankful for making this $8 an hour. And I began to just thank God, I got a job. And they wanted me there at 5 a.m. I didn't want to be there at 5 a.m., but that's when they wanted me there. And my boss was 18, yelling at me all the time. I'm like, my goodness. And I'm 20, I'm 20 listen, I could be your dad, you know, but. <laughs> I, here I am, $8 an hour. And I begin to be overwhelmingly thankful for $8 an hour. And, and this is when I knew it was working because one of the people that I, that I served at this bakery, they came up to my manager and said, this guy right here is so bubbly and so happy. I love coming to this bakery because this guy right here just makes me smile. I said, it's working. It's working. It's working because I, you know, before I, I really didn't have a good attitude, but I said, it's working. It's working. Right then I get an opportunity then to go to a Fortune 500 company. It wasn't, it was weeks after my heart really changed to be thankful. I get an opportunity to work for the Wachovia Bank. And here I am at this point, this opportunity, making 
of going in making 28000 Praise God, from $8 an hour to $28,000 a year, we're talking about a jump, a leap. Thanksgiving made that leap, glory to God. Then I started being thankful for $28,000 an hour. Glory to God, I'm thankful for making this $28,000 hour. Now, my friends were making way more money, but th- bless God, I'm thankful for $28,000. Well, then, become thankful for this, I get an opportunity and it doubled. Then my salary, I went to another part of the bank, made $56,000 a year. Glory to God, making $56,000. I am so thankful. Making 50, my other friends are making $100,000, but I'm thankful. I'm making $56,000 a year, and I'm getting thankful. Next thing you know, I get an interview and another job, and, and I get it, and I'm, and I'm double. I'm making $120,000 a year. Glory to God, and I'm thankful, praise God, for making that. All that happened in less than four years. Less than four years. Just cultivating Thanksgiving from right where you are. Being thankful for what you have right then. Glory to God. And God began to multiply what I possessed because I was thankful with what I had. How many thankful people in the house today? I mean, I'm talking about really thankful people. Not people that say they're thankful, but really, really thankful people. Amen. Well, this is how you experience true life. You have been listening to the ministry of Devon Alexander, pastor of True Life Fellowship Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. For more information, go to our website at www.truelifefc.org. You can also support this ministry financially through our website. Thank you, and remember to love, learn, live, and lead. Thank you.